Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Our Army at War number 171, cover date September 1966, cover price 12 cents, cover artist Joe Kubert, edited by Robert Kaniger, featuring The Sergeant Must Die, written by Robert Kaniger, art by Joe Kubert. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go! Wonder what you gonna do when the morning light comes shining through. You thought about it all last night until darkness turned into light. Easy Company is sent to retrieve the helmet of German legend Barbarossa. The Nazis believe that Barbarossa will return, and their faith inspires them to be fanatical in combat. Rock and Easy Company must fight through many Nazi soldiers willing to fight by any means necessary even if it's a suicide mission. Concerned? Don't worry, I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. A Barbarella Sacatella Never can a fella name or call you Barbarella, Barbarella Barbarella, Barbarella Asshole dogs. <laughs> Singular. Not my sweet June bug. Oh. She's a perfect angel. I have to agree with you on this one. It's my, my dog. He's Listener, we came home after our busy Sunday mornings of Exhausted. our third jobs. So tired. Yes. Because today, of course, was the debut of the children's spring musical at the and, church. And I had, I saw a show yesterday morning, uh, I mean, a, a play yesterday morning, a radio, a play drama, mm-hmm. a listening party. Mm-hmm. And then I drove down to, to D.C. last night for a guitar concert. So right. I got home in the wee, wee, almost at midnight. And, and I, I was so looking forward to that nap. And I watched Steel Magnolias last night while you were gone, so I was emotionally drained. <laughs> I mean, I really, really needed that nap. Yeah, same. Yeah. But this asshole barked at every person walking by the street in our beautiful park-like neighborhood. It really is beautiful. Um, He was an asshole. I mean, he kept on jumping off the bed. And at like the fourth time, I finally got up, took his collar off of him, closed the door where he was running to bark on the bed. And then my phone rang. It's like Piccadilly Circus around here. No kidding. And uh, listener, just to be fair... I have uh, two emergency contacts that are allowed to reach me on Do Not Disturb, and one of them is sitting across the table from me. Yes, guilty. And but I didn't. I wasn't calling you. For no, me. and the other one is my stepfather, and and he called me just to return. We've been playing phone tag all weekend, and it just so happened to be during nap time. So, well, that's all right. Yeah, of course, of course. Because we're here now. We are. We're here for you. We're so excited, and for each other, and for each other. Yes. Now we have some sad news to discuss. Okay, let's go. Artist Neil Adams passed away this week 
at the age of 80. So long life, but not long enough because he's a fantastic. I don't know if I can overstate the impact he had on comics. Oh, you can't. Certainly, specifically. I mean, you can not. Well, yes, it's great. Here oh, comes of- Junebug to make some noise. Specifically, DC Comics, pretty much single-handedly, I would say, along with writer Dennis O'Neill, uh, ushered DC out of the Silver Age and into the Bronze Age. Yeah. Pretty much defined DC's house style, at least on covers, uh, in the early 1970s. Mm-hmm. Even when the interior art sucked, if it had a Neil Adams cover, that was worth a purchase. Yeah. I would happen to agree. You showed me a Green Lantern comic, yes. and I didn't know when it was uh, written. Green and Lantern number 76, those who know will know. Which would have been 1968, 69. He came on board with the comics in 67, I think it was when it, when it was. Yeah. Um, and he brought, um, now I'm going to tell you, I, my research was just the entry about him on NPR. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but he brought a hyper-realism and a gritty realism um, to both his heroes and his villains. So when you said you you turned to the you opened up the Green Lantern comic for me and said, "What do you think about the art?" And I said, "I love how it moves, and it looks like it's been heavily inked, and um, and it looks very realistic. And there's movement. There's absolute movement. And I love how the panels, the characters in the panels, will reach over through into the mm-hmm. other panels. And I I thought I was looking at something from the early '80s." Which tells me, my, my, my first instinct was, well, this is a man ahead of his time. Yes. And he, he really was. Uh, redefined the look of Batman following the 1960s television show. Made him look show. like the original 1939 character. Yes. And, uh, you know, again with Dennis O'Neill, made Batman again a very noir character. Dark and broody. Made the Joker a homicidal maniac rather than a goofy villain, mm-hmm. which, you know, of course we retain to this day yeah. yeah, for good and ill, but that's a topic for another day. Would Am I right in remembering that he and another artist were responsible for rescuing X-Men? Uh, it ultimately didn't work to rescue X-Men, but yes, he did have a run on X-Men comics in the 60s, uh, following which X-Men was canceled. It was too late to save them, but it's oh. gorgeous artwork. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So we are mourning his loss. He had a wife of 45 years, wow. five children, grandchildren, great-grandchild named Maximus. His, I approve. His son, Josh. Josh, Josh was John. interviewed, yes, on NPR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he spoke very highly of him, and he said he was a great father and a father to anyone who knew him. Yes. It's very sweet. Rest oh, we didn't even talk about what he did for the artists. Oh, he... I was even had that in my notes. Of course, yes, very instrumental in gaining creators' rights for creators who previously had signed away all rights to their characters that they created for corporate companies. Mm-hmm. Most significantly, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, the creators of Superman. creators of Superman, who had been locked out of any profits from the character of Superman, mm-hmm. who's probably at least at that time, was one of the most profitable characters in comics. And certainly, we would not have comics as we know them today without the creation of Superman. So yeah. uh, they were owed a little bit of credit yeah. and money, which they did receive not enough of, but did receive something, thanks yeah. to Neil's efforts. So, Neil Adams, rest artist, in peace. Rest in peace. How else is life going for you? 
Last week was pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, just work. It was there were sure. a lot of things. You know, it's uh, last week was finals week, mm-hmm. as it was for you mm-hmm. as well. And uh, we're getting toward the end of the semester, and all the faculty are tying up all the loose ends and such. So it's busy as a dean. It's it's busy for me, and I'm also doing my annual evaluations of all the well one third of my faculty. So this year it was twenty one of them. Gross. And I have uh, about. Seven more interviews to do. I'm almost done writing them all. Uh-huh. Um, and let's see. But but yesterday, I, I mentioned that I, I went to a play. What I did go to was a listening party with the Contemporary American Theater Festival. And I heard this wonderful play called Redeemed by Chia Hutchinson. Uh, Chisa, sorry, Chisa Hutchinson. And it was extraordinary. And if we ever get to see it live, we have to go. And I've told you so little about it because I don't want to spoil anything. No. It was fantastic. Just a two-person play. And uh, then I ran all over God's creation, running a bunch of errands that I needed to get done. And then I went down and heard Berta Rojas in concert, international guitar sensation. She was extraordinary. And I'll tell you this very simply. I've only had another experience like this with somebody of that, that you know, that caliber. Uh-huh, Charo. No, David Russell, where I just held my breath. I mean, it was, it was, it was beautiful. It was absolutely extraordinary. So I came home late, late last night from this concert and just flying high, just I just thinking about these beautiful moments. And um, what was really cool was that she played a lot of pieces by Ida Presti, a female, really real, well-known uh, female guitarist who played in the 50s and 60s at a time when she couldn't travel by herself. She had to go with her parents. Mm-hmm. And then she was able to travel more once her parents passed away. She was, she reached a certain age. And she... Um, she died early. Like She might have been in her 40s when she died, uh, her late 40s or her early 50s. I'm not quite sure. I can't remember her dates, but I know it was young. Um, but she wrote some absolutely stupendous music. And so about, I would say maybe a, at least a fourth, maybe a third of her program was the music of Ida Presti. So hmm. I've been doing really well, and I'm really looking forward. This week will be another busy week, but it is the end of the busyness. You? Well, I got a promotion. Congratulations. And uh, bought two pairs of hiking shoes yesterday after not having even one single pair for years and years. Yes, congratulations. Good Thanks. Luck. Yes, this is for our upcoming trip, isn't it? It sure is. Uh, you should to wear the them. Emerald Isle. Yes, wear them quite frequently so you can break them in. The young man who attended me was awfully worried that I would step on some damp moss or something and I would need some ankle support. So that's why I bought the second pair. Well, I have to tell you. a higher boot cut. I wore my, um, my Wilcox boots, which is beautiful handmade boots mm-hmm. um, that I love. And like, if you, if you wear out the sole, you just send them back and they put in another sole. Mm-hmm. And they are really, really nice and wonderful and comfortable, but they really do grip too tight around the ankles. No matter how much I loosen them, it bothers me. And I got to figure out what to do. Cause I was, those were going to be actually the only shoes I took with me. Mm-hmm. In Ireland. I got to figure out this week, I'm going to wear them a lot and figure out how to lace them so they don't bother me. Well, I didn't tell this to the young man, but I'm just going to wear the shoe cut. That's fine for me. If I slip, I slip. You know, I'm thinking about wearing my other shoes. Yeah. yeah. The ones I wore to Spain and Portugal. Sure. Well, we've been all over the world in our shoes. Oh, haven't we? You know who else has been all over the world? Sergeant Rock. Yes. And you know, uh, I hope we see some shirtless barbarians. We do get some pretty good shirtless shots of Sergeant Rock in here and that stupid barbarian, although he doesn't look as good inside the, the comic as he does on the cover. Well, I think it's the the diaper kind of it's thing the, that he's it is wearing. It's the diaper. If you take off the diaper, um, I do admire Sergeant Rock's commitment to leaving his shirt unbuttoned at all times, even when he's meeting with his commander to uh, receive new orders. Thank you. Me too. 
Also, he wears... I think we're probably the only listeners who would say this. No, oh, no. No, 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 no. no, 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 no <laughs> far no, no, from no. it. <laughs> um, also, his commitment to wearing machine gun ammunition mm-hmm. slung around his shoulder, yes. even though he carries no machine gun. Very sexy. So, our army at war, number 171, featuring Sergeant Rock. Sergeant Rock fought the Mad Emperor for the lives of a teenage army in the battle shocker. The, the sergeant, sergeant must die. die. Fantastic cover by Joe Kubert. It's reminiscent of uh, that sword fighting scene in The Adventures of Robin Hood, where they're fighting down the staircase. Except, of course, they don't have axes; they have swords. I'll take your word for it. And a uh, nice kind of purple cast mm-hmm. to the background, which makes the characters pop out of the foreground. Mm-hmm. Let's dive in, shall Wait, we? Before what? we dive in, yes. Do those Polaris nuclear subs ever actually work? Like, could you actually put it together and sit inside and play in them? Um, yeah, I think one day I googled a picture. Like, you can still find them on eBay. You're kidding. This is the Polaris nuclear sub advertised in the inside front cover. Yeah, it's over seven feet long, big enough for two kids. Uh, it has controls that work, mm-hmm. rockets that fire, a real periscope. And an electrically lit instrument panel, even though it's made of cardboard, so... Oh, it probably has a battery that powers it. Yeah. Well, I just... Electricity and cardboard, I don't think is a great combination. Agreed. But if you're allowing your children to play with nuclear missiles, what's the harm? <laughs> All right, let's go into the story. All right. The splash page features the aforementioned shirtless barbarian mm-hmm. uh, attacking Sergeant Rock with a double-sided axe. And Sergeant Rock's helmet has been split in two. I believe they call that a battle axe. Probably. Anyway, this is Sergeant Rock speaking. I'm going to tell you about my roughest fight. I take issue with the very first sentence. Why? Because I think that Sergeant Rock probably starts just pretty much every story with some variation on that. Roughest fight, Uh hardest fight, something fight, you know, using the superlative EST at the end of it to to categorize it as the the most superlative uh, term. And they can't all be the EST. They can't all end with the suffix EST. Well, he is uh, speaking in the immediate aftermath of this battle. And so this would, up to this point, probably was his roughest fight until... Next month, when he gets another rough fight, which is slightly rougher. I acquiesce. Uh, I actually have no idea. I just made that up out of my head. Um, anyway, he's going. Um, just, I just want to say, when I, read this, when I read it and said this is the roughest fight, in my head I went, bitch, please. Roughest. He's going to tell us about his roughest fight. It wasn't against pillboxes, planes, or tanks. It was against a guy that should have been a handful of dust a long time ago. Boy, he's verging into Kathy territory with all these words. (laughs) You're so right. Just say he should have been dead. And the audience was an army of school dropouts that was being led to slaughter unless I won. I had to win. I had to win. But the red-bearded axeman clobbering me had his own battle cry... The sergeant, sergeant must, must die. die. 
Then on the very next page, God. we have another introduction. <laughs> this is Sergeant Rock of Egypt Company. <laughs> I've been trained in, in every killing weapon from the bare knuckles to blasting bazookas. But I found myself being clobbered. Oh, he's got a West Virginia accent. I'm sorry, folks. But I found myself being clobbered by a weapon not found in any manual of arms, swung by a man not listed in any army. I've ever faced eyeball to eyeball. Sorry, I didn't, I, there wasn't a, a, a comma in that sentence. but Yeah. So I'm channeling your dad. I don't know why I, he's in the room with me right it's now. It's fine. Okay. Um, I can't remember exactly where Sergeant Rock was born. I'm pretty sure it wasn't West Virginia, but the accent works. Thank you. Uh, so Sergeant Rock, shirt unbuttoned to his navel, mm. is here in the command headquarters to get his next assignment mm-hmm. from the CO. His target is the Royal Serpent Crown worn by Barbarossa, the Redbeard. The ruthless warrior emperor Nazi fanatics believe will rise again to lead them in a bloodbath against the allied forces that will leave them hanging on meat hooks like butchered sheep. Wow. That's a lot of hyperbole. Right? Now... And look at that picture of him. Oh, red beard. Barbarossa. Uh, we can assume that... Kicking his hip out like he's in Miss Universe pageant. <laughs> We can assume that the CEO is speaking not of Barbarossa, but of Barbarossa, also known as Frederick I, who was Holy Roman Emperor from 1155 until his death 35 years later. Barbarossa means red beard in Italian. In German, he was known as Kaiser Rothbart. Wait, Rossa, two S's? Two S's, okay, yes. Okay. Uh, German, he was known as Kaiser Rothbart, which means Emperor Redbeard. Okay. Uh, Frederick I is the subject of many legends, including that of a Kiefhäuser legend. A Kiefhäuser legend is a legend of a sleeping king who sleeps like King Arthur. Okay. Who's sleeping beneath a mountain somewhere. Fair enough. Until his nation needs him and he will rise again. Jesus, I wish I could sleep until someone needs me. Right. Where no dogs could penetrate. No dogs. Legend says he is not dead, but asleep with his knights in a cave in the Kiefhäuser Mountains in Thuringia or under Mount Untersberg at the border between Bavaria, Germany, and Salzburg, Austria. We might have rode a bus right over him. Sure. And that when the ravens cease to fly around the mountain, he will awake and restore Germany to its ancient greatness. According to the story, his red beard has grown through the table at which he sits. His eyes are half closed in sleep, but now and again, he raises his hand and sends a boy out to see if the ravens have stopped flying. <laughs> to garner political support from uh, to garner political uh, political support, the German Empire built atop the Kiefhäuser the Kiefhäuser Monument, which declared Kaiser Wilhelm I the reincarnation of Frederick. The 1896 dedication occurred on June 18th, the day of Frederick's coronation. Also, Operation Barbarossa was the code name for the Nazi invasion of the Soviet Union, which ultimately failed. Good God. Right? This is not just some simple, quiet little character that they pulled out of the No, book. it's a real thing, but which made me... Wonder why they didn't elaborate more on this legend, which was an actual thing. Oh, because Sergeant Rock has a lot of words <laughs> to say. He is crowding out a, a lot, lot of other characters. Yes. So and so he it just didn't didn't pass muster. Also, Wikipedia says nothing about a serpent crown. 
Mm. But intelligence reports that the crown is hidden in Barbarossa's ancient ruined castle atop a bluff at Sector M32. Oh, I see what's happening. This is the Earth 1 Frederick the 1st. We live on Earth Prime where there wait, are wait, two wait, wait, S's. wait, 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 Prime and 1 are the s- no? not the same thing. No. Okay. Earth Prime famously is our own Earth, where no superheroes exist that we know of. Okay. Except for Ultra, who eventually moved to Earth One okay. after he was raised by kangaroos in Australia. Um, now raised by kangaroos. Well, I think actually he was raised by um, Maori peoples in Australia. That's better. Uh, so. There's also a crack SS unit racing for the Serpent Crown Mm -hmm. in the ancient ruined castle. So Sergeant Rock and Easy Company have got to get to it first Mm -hmm. at all costs. General Headquarters says it's worth losing an entire division. Now, I'm only a sergeant, sir, but the life of a single combat-happy Joe of Easy is worth more to me than all the royal pots in the world. Thank God my father was not Sergeant Rock because you'd need to then add two more word balloons. Now I repeat, I'm, I'm only a sergeant. <laughs> he would have said he would have done I'm that. not a lieutenant. I'm, I'm not a captain. I repeat, I am I'm only, only a, a sergeant. sergeant. Yeah, you can write me out of your will. <laughs> anyway. Bless his soul. Easy's got to get the... Gold and off they go. All right. Now this is, I saw this panel and this was about the time that I started uh, uh, looking up the actual Barbarossa because I believe this mountain in the background is supposed to be a representation of the Kiefhäuser monument yeah, that's, that's, in Germany. That's that squirrel. That's that squirrel that always comes what to the theater. What squirrel? That little squirrel. And look how its tail's been gnawed on. Well, how do you know it's the same squirrel? They because, all look the same. Because its tail's been gnawed on or in the middle part of it. Been probably been beaten up by the other squirrels. Well, it deserves it if it's eating all the bird food. Okay, go ahead. Just leave it be. Mm. So, Easy Company's destination is the castle on the bluff. The target is a serpent crown hidden there. Supposed to be supposed to have been worn by the Nazis first Hitler hundreds of years ago, Barbarossa. Now, the actual Frederick the First does not, that I have been able to tell, have any kind of reputation of being a cruel leader. He's was very fair and just and uh, had a lot of military victories and was not in no way compared to Hitler, except perhaps in Hitler's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so in they go with a lot of joking and joshing along the way. They finally arrive at a village on the road to the castle and find the population organized against them. Amerikaner Schweine. That mm-hmm. means pig. American mm-hmm. pig. Uh, the villagers believe that Barbarossa has already risen again to lead them. Mm-hmm. Surrender or be slaughtered because Barbarossa is invincible. Surrender Dorothy. Sarge, they flipped. Barbarossa's made them think they're really supermen. These villagers, like all villagers, are armed with pitchforks and sticks and things. Right. Uh, I'm surprised they don't have any burning torches, frankly. They are standing, the villagers are standing their ground. Blocking them. They surround Easy Company, and all of a sudden, a barrage of potato mashers. Those are grenades, Mm -hmm. for those in the know. Well, they actually get into a fist fight with these soldiers. Fist fight first, but yeah, but then here come the grenades. Right. 
dropping from above from the rooftops. And it turns out these guys were supposed to just detain them long enough so that all the grenades could be thrown in to the town square where they're fighting and everyone would die. Everyone, even the villagers. Yeah. Uh, because that SS company, as mm-hmm. you remember, is also on the way to the castle. Mm-hmm. The villagers say they are willing to die because as long as the Americans are beaten, we will die for Barbarossa. Mm-hmm. Uh, easy company manages to get out of there thanks to their powerful fisticuffs. Mm-hmm. And they take cover in a basement of a house. Now, Jackie Johnson who notably, I have to talk about this too, uh, he's staying behind. He's a former boxer, mm-hmm. and he's going to ambush the Nazis that follow them into the house, mm-hmm. which he does. Even though his gun jams, he takes care of the Nazis with his mighty fists mm-hmm. of thunder because he's a, pre- a boxer. I just right. said that. Now, Jackie Johnson is notably an African-American Mm-hmm. He was created in 1961 by Robert Kaniger and Joe Kubert, mm-hmm. who are the writer and artist of this issue here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was created in response to the Freedom Rides that were happening in 1961. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, was introduced without any mention of the color of his skin ever. Just oh. introduced, colored appropriately, and off we go. Okay. Um we do know that uh, the armed services of the United States were not desegregated until 1948. Mm-hmm. But there were, during the final months of the European theater of World War II, the military did experiment with integrated companies. And so this is not necessarily an anachronism that he should be in a company of otherwise white soldiers, except for the Native American. And uh, I think there's... Uh, Chinese-American in this company as well. Not not in this issue, but I think in in Easy Company, yes. Shall we continue? Yep. Get hip to old folks. (laughs) That's a little how sad. About the value of old people. Have we done that? that I don't know. If we haven't, we should. I don't think we have. Um, Part two, Sergeant Rock. In The Sergeant Must Die... Uh, Jackie is taking care of the Nazis up top. Easy Company is taking care of the Nazis down below. And Bob's your uncle. Yeah, and then they climb up to a roof where they find a bunch of Nazis. Yep. Right? Yep. Is that where we are in the same place? Um, and so the Nazis are coming after them with their uh, potato mashers and fists, and they just kind of like hit them. The, the Americans, uh, Easy Company, yep. hits them and steps aside, and the guys go plummeting off the roof and die. With their potato mashers. In hand. <laughs> this is like a, screaming Barbarossa all the way down. This is like a class. This would be like great, great video game move. You just yeah. have to knock Nazis off the roof and make <laughs> them explode at the bottom. <laughs> do, 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 do. So they've lost a couple of members of Easy Company, we see, because we've got a helmet on top of a bayonet Mm -hmm. stuck into the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, So Sergeant Rock is musing that if this is what it's costing us just to get through this village, I can only imagine what's going to happen if that SS unit gets to the castle before us and snatches his crown if they wave that crown in front of a army of fanatics it'll turn them into human firecrackers i guess it's powerful 
Yeah, it's a powerful propaganda image, mm. certainly. Oh, of course, yes. Um, so they're going through the woods, and uh, they are ambushed by snipers, by snipers from the trees. Mm-hmm. Or is it only one sniper? Well, yeah, yeah, one sniper up in the tree. And because Sergeant Rock rolls over, um, he's then takes more shots. His sniper, he's drawing who's, the fire. Yes, who's um, what's little, his name? Little Sure Shot. Little Sure Shot is able to hone in on where the uh, uh, the shots are coming, where the sniper is, and the sniper um, falls from the tree. He's shot. Excuse me, falls from the tree, and as he's falling, he has his his. Um, Rope tied around him, and there's a potato masher uh, affixed to the rope. A lot of potato mashers in this story. Uh, they, they wanted to make sure that these guys die on right. the way, which is so, I mean, these. So he's got yeah. it rigged so that as he falls from the tree, the pin is pulled from the potato masher so that he lands on the ground and yeah. it explodes. Now, it turns out there's also a bunch of other snipers in the trees. Yeah. So, and they all have the same trick of the ropes rigged to pull the pins out. It's a kamikaze mission. Uh, they are falling to the ground for purposes of exploding themselves and killing Easy Company. Yeah. But, yeah, this is he says at the bottom of that, that, that page, I had to watch as the combat Happy Joes tackled the human sticks of TNT and shielded us with their own bodies. Yes, yeah, so we have uh, a number of Easy Company are rushing these German soldiers, and they all die. Are you ready for the roll call? Yeah. Shoot a million. Little Gripe. Beanpole Benny. Weepy Willie. And Jitterbug Joe. Five casualties who have never been seen before will never be seen again. Well, they got little nicknames, didn't they? Well, I'd like to know the backstory there. How do you get called Jitterbug Joe? I know, right? Little Gripe. What's Little Gripe? Little it's Gripe. Like, Does he complain a lot? He must complain a lot, yeah. Beanpole Benny, obviously. Like Grumpy Smurf. Skinny. Weepy Willie cries a lot. Yeah. Shoot a million. I guess he's a uh, good shot. Good shot, yeah. Well, they're all dead. It doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, through the smoke of the explosion, they see the rest of the SS unit charging in from both sides, figuring that they're going to finish off the survivors. But Easy Company is not having any of it. No. Great artwork here. Punch, punch, punch. They don't even need rifles and guns mm-hmm. with their mighty Fists. And Nazis are taking it really right on the face there. And this is a nice touch. They're, they're each uh, calling out the names of one of their fallen comrades. Yeah. For Little Gripe, pow! For Beanpole Benny, whack! <laughs> so they defeat the SS unit, put more rifles with helmets by the top into the ground, and they reach the castle, free and clear. But they're stopped as they're climbing up toward the castle, right in front of the castle, by a waif-like... A pretty fräulein. Fräulein. Uh, Herr Sergeant, please, I know that I'm your enemy, but have pity. If you capture the castle, Barbarossa will... <laughs> That's a nice touch. Barbarossa will blow up himself and his army of foolish schoolboys. Can you do a German accent? Well, I'll try, but... <clears throat> 
Here, Sergeant, please, I know that I am your enemy, but have pity. If you capture the castle, Barbarossa will blow himself up and his army are foolish schoolboys. School, school, school. School, schoolboys. Who are you kidding? Barbarossa's been dead for hundreds of years. Out of the way, Fraulein. Dead, huh? Well, look at this dad bod atop the castle with Mm. his meaty forearms and diaper shorts. (laughs) The diaper, ugh. That's when we heard the bull-like roar of the wild figure with the red beard standing on a rampart of the castle above us. Barbarossa does live again in me, his last descendant. If you want to know how my soldiers obey me to the death, advance one step more. That's not a German accent. No, but that's okay. We... But it fits the the body type that we're seeing in of front course. of us. Of course, yes. Uh, Barbarossa has an army of... Uh, Sullen teens behind him in black shirts. <laughs> Sullen teens, they are. Uh, so Barbarossa warns that if they come closer, his sullen teen soldiers will demonstrate the willingness to die for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, notice yeah. how very high up the top of that very, wall is. Very, very, very high up. Right? I just remember that one, what happens in two couple panels. 300 yeah. feet? Yeah. Uh... Here, Sergeant, that is my brother whose life is in his hands. Here, Sergeant, Count Barbarossa is mad. He was always confined in his castle, but his attendants fled during a shelling. Now he is loose like a maddened animal. If you do not obey him, he is quite... Oh, that's French. If you do not obey him, he is quite capable of destroying himself and his children's army. Please, have pity. He's not a little bit like Josh Gabor. Uh, yeah. Who's it Hungarian. Is, wh- oh, it's the same difference. Come on. <laughs> this lady actually looks like Zsa She does. No, maybe she was, not as much. Yes, Sergeant. Count Barbarossa <laughs> is mad. He was always confined in his castle, but with his attendants fled during the shelling. Now he is loose. Look like a maddened animal. If you don't obey him, he's quite capable of destroying himself and his children's army. Please have pity. That's good. Now do Charo. <laughs> 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 I can't. So Barbarossa, in anger, shoves this kid off the top of the castle. No, I believe the child leaps. Oh, you're right. Yes. Uh, at Barbarossa's command, he says, show the Schwine uh, what a soldier of Barbarossa is Boy, capable Barbarossa! of. <laughs> so this child throws himself off the top of the castle, which is a good couple hundred feet. Yeah, at least. And he gets caught in the arms. <laughs> of Sergeant Rock. Yeah. Uh, now and he bulldozer. does. Bulldozer. Bulldozer. But come on. Two men catching a child like that. No doubt if they caught that child with their bare arms, which they've just done. Yeah. We're, that child's going to be broken in some way. Well, and probably Sergeant Rock as well. I, I certainly hope he bent his knees as he caught. Well, how's the child? Look, at the child's being caught by the rib cage. <laughs> Tell me those ribs didn't take a breaking, a breaking or two. Um, well, he feels no pain because he's doing it for Barbarossa. Oh, I'm not in any pain. Not to be confused with sexy, sexy space kitten Barbarella. No. Now, uh, this Solentine is demanding to be released. Let uh, me go! <laughs> 
the girl urges him to or just rock to turn back and he says i can't turn back now no matter what the cost i repeat (laughs) i I cannot turn back you can write me out out of your will. will You could throw a potato masher at Easy Company, but I will, will not, not, I repeat, will, will not, not turn back. back. Uh, God, how many times do we hear your father say that? So Sergeant Rock commands Easy to stay behind while he goes alone mm-hmm. up the Busby Berkeley-esque stairway <laughs> of the I'm castle. Busby Berkeley, you're right. With that wonderful caped character at the top. Yes. Demanding, is it Ruby Keeler? No, it's Barbarossa. (laughs) Where is the mighty Barbarossa, Sergeant Rock demands. The great soldier who tackled the toughest fighters. It can't be you, because you're hiding behind a bunch of kids. I saw the kid stare at Barbarossa until he roared, So you challenge the great Barbarossa to single combat? You idiotic swine, come, I will show my troops that I'm invincible, and with me leading them, we will water the earth with your blood. God, I hope that didn't top out, though, you know. No, I can't believe it hasn't made you cough yet. I know, right? Uh, Sergeant Rock takes the rampart, climbs onto the rampart, and Barbarossa attacks him with his mighty battle axe. The sound effects in my head are only just those of um, the X-Men video game we used to play. Ah! 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 <laughs> oh, God, that was a great game. Yeah. What was the... I can't remember the company that made it, but you'll know what I'm talking about, listeners. The X-Men multiplayer um, Multiplayer video game, in the 90s. Game. Konami. Oh, Konami. 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 That was the based best. on the uh, Pride of the X-Men animated pilot, which was never made into a series, but... We used, to take, uh, we used to take a whole handful of quarters. A fistful of quarters, and I would always play as Nightcrawler. I played a Storm. Yes. I loved playing Storm. Um, and I don't think we ever beat it. No, no. But we would sometimes play with our other friends, too. Cause sure. Because yeah. they had the fancy version down of the Daytona Boardwalk where you could play six players at a time. Right. Anyway, well, Sergeant Rock whipped uh, his Whipped. helmet off his head. To block the battle axe, which works, actually. Um, Barbarossa is still intent on chopping Sergeant Rock's head off. So Barbarossa must be nearsighted, because he starts swinging for the helmet. Oh, good point. Or maybe he's farsighted, because uh, he's farsighted. The sight means that you can see in the distance. He must be farsighted, because he's just swinging at this, at this helmet. It's like when the, it's like when the dogs are uh, want a banana and you and you just or like you just cut the banana and you just, just hold it and you hold it and you move it around and they just follow the banana and they keep jumping at the banana. That's what he's doing with this axe and this helmet. So Sergeant Rock is is uh, being led, forced up to the very tippy tippy top of a tower mm-hmm. by Barbarossa's swinging axe. He gets up on the very very tippy top of the roof of the tower, and here goes Sergeant Rock's. Last shot, he's affixed his helmet, or maybe he's just holding the strap of the helmet. I think he, he punches him across the face with the helmet and knocks him right off the, the ramp. Yeah, he uses it as a uh, bolo mm-hmm. of sorts and knocks Barbarossa off the top of the tower from whence he falls to his death. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sergeant Rock descends the stairs to being 
faced with the Sullentine army. Boy, do they do, they do look sullen, don't they? They do, and they pledged their loyalty. You know what they look like? Those children of the dead. Those uh, Margaret Keane paintings, the big-eyed children paintings, which were so popular at this time in the sixties. I okay, I disagree. They're just, they're very darkly drawn. Um. So the Solentines are pledging their loyalty now to Sergeant Rock. <laughs> you have beaten Barbarossa himself. You are a great leader. I'm just a sergeant in the U.S. Army, kids. And what I want is for you to go back, to go home and to go back to school. No, Rock. Send them to America to school. Don't send them back to Nazi Germany's school. <laughs> That's how they got here in the first place. <laughs> well, I think everything worked out for the Nazi youths. Later... As Easy Company headed back to headquarters or wherever they're going, uh, one of these Joker soldiers in Easy Co. offers Rock the choice of his own helmet or the serpent crown of Barbarossa. What do you think Rock picks? Well, he picks his own helmet. His own battered helmet that was attacked by an axe. (laughs) All right, Easy, let's hit the road. I repeat. Let's hit the road. Now, you can stay here, or you can follow me, but I'm hitting the road. Now, I would prefer if you would come with me, but you're free to do what you want and suffer the consequences. I just noticed. Yes? I guess this is a dragon on top of the serpent crown. They keep calling it a serpent crown, but it's a a lizard with legs. It's like a little dragon, yeah. So... Yeah, they should have called it a dragon. Well, dragons have been referred to often as serpents, winged serpents and mighty serpents. Also, Barbarossa, if you are fighting with a battle axe as your weapon of choice, that presupposes that you at some point are fighting other people with battle axes. You might want some kind of upper body protection. Well, I'm not sure shirtless is, it's a nice fashion choice, but... In battle, well, maybe just a leather jerkin or something. Well, maybe he is so good at what he does that he wasn't expecting. As sergeant. he said several times that he is. Yeah. Um, and and one more thing. Yeah. See where he's fallen off the ramparts. Mm-hmm. He has shaved his underarms. Oh well, that's very common uh, in the nineteen sixties. <laughs> Is it? I would bet all of Easy Company has shaved their underarms, too. <laughs> Ow! Um, you know what else is very painful? He's removed his nipples. He must have oh, yes. filed them off or something as I, a test of manhood. My God. Um, speaking of manhood, he's wearing bright pink diaper shorts over his red tights. That's And he's a redhead. Yeah. All of that is not working. Unfortunate color choice. Yeah. yeah. Bad, bad, bad. Bad. I repeat. I repeat. Uh, Anything else to add? No, it's good to be talking about this. Um, And I think we're going to need to prepare for our trip uh, this month. Yes. It's this month. It's in like three weeks. Oh, we're going to Ireland three weeks from today. So we're going to need to record some... Uh, We're going to need to record some shows in advance. Yeah, sure. We'll... Take care of that. Knock it out mm-hmm. anytime in mm. these next couple of Next weekend's going to be busy, too, isn't it? Yes. Oh, you. Oh, yes. Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. Star Trek Strange New Worlds. 
uh, final episode of Moon Knight. So many things. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Moon Knight. I am okay. The first three episodes, I think of Moon Knight, are just like oh whatever. It's kind of interesting, conventional, and then I think it's episode four. Mm-hmm. Mind blown. Mm-hmm. Wow, that actor Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought he was really really good, and then I just started thinking about all the episodes, and he's phenomenal. He's a phenomenal actor. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And he's kind of easy on the eyes. Well, obviously. Hey, I'm, t- I'm done talking. Bye. You can find us on social media at Go Go Check Pod. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your free podcasts from. And you can find us back here next week. I hope same you have- time, same bad channel. Hope you have a good week. Same. Yeah. Bye. Bye. I need the sunlight shining, shining down to help me see.